Welcome another episode, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Car Intra Insights. I'm here with Doug Kale. We're going to talk about uh, Doug's origin story. He's had a very interesting hobby journey, and we're going to we're going to discuss that. But first, thanks to our sponsors: Tops Panini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, COMC.com, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Doug, you've had <laughs> uh, interactions with all those. But uh, before I introduce you, I've got, a, I've got a, a question for the audience. If I told you that there's a person in the hobby that has uh, done price guides, has worked for uh, uh, on his own, as well as uh, uh, has done, um, been a dealer, been a collector, you know, I could get pretty far down the line seeming to describe myself, and yet it also describes Doug Kale, my guest and good friend. So, Doug, welcome. You've worn so many hats. Some of the hats I've worn, you've worn them well. And uh, like me currently, you're not actively full-time in the industry. Correct. So welcome to the show. Thank you. And tell us a little bit about your origin story. Uh, we have some overlap, but you had a pretty rich hobby history before you even came to work for Beckett Publications. Well, um, I'm going to have to go way back. <laughs> um, when I was around eight, nine, or ten years old, my parents were into... Well, my mom used to create like jewelry, necklaces, and... And then she got more into antiques and collectibles, and they started setting up at flea markets and antique shows around the tri-state area. And the tri-state area, I mean, New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Yes. Uh, some parts of Connecticut. Um, and I started walking around the show, seeing what was available, and I said, hey, there's some people selling comic books and baseball cards. I could do that, too. So I started a little – my parents set up the little tables. I, I took a little spot, a little yeah. stand-up table, and I started selling uh, – I think it was baseball cards, comics, and coins. Okay. Those are the three things I had. And it just, I kept, it kept growing and growing. And then uh, in the late seventies, um, I heard about a baseball card show in my area and it was at Hofstra University yeah. and Mickey Mantle was coming to sign <laughs> autographs there. And I asked my dad, I said, I'd love to go to that show. Maybe I could take a table and sell some of my stuff. And I remember the tables were very expensive. And I asked a friend down the street who was also a baseball card collector and we both went, split the table. We set up. And that was my first card show, um, and it was with Mickey Mantle and Joe Pepitone there yeah. back in the late Were Mantle's autographs more than 5 bucks, 10 bucks? What were they? Um, I think it was either 5 or $10 yeah. back then. And my dad took a camera, took a picture of me when I got the autograph. I still have the card today right. that he signed. Um, and unfortunately, my, my dad lost the film for that. <laughs> never yeah. got to see the picture he took. But I still have the card that Mickey Mantle signed for me. Yeah. And, uh, and Joe Pepitone. So that was a lot of fun. And then just, I kept going more into, more and more into baseball cards, going to hobby shops and antique shows and shops. And, um, when I was in junior high and high school, I met some other friends that were also into cards. And my friend Robert at the time, we started a, a little, uh, let me back up for a second. I subscribed to Sports Collectors Digest. Yeah. And I used to look through all the ads and I said, Hey, maybe we could start a little, yeah, magazine or booklet, and I started one called Baseball Card Express. Yeah, that was the first one, and that led me into rookie cards, and I started I a rookie investors guide. Yep, and that caught the attention of someone from First Coin Investors, which did coins, but they wanted to get into the. They heard how big baseball cards was getting. That was in the. Was that Evan? Evan? Uh, what was his last? That name? was Stanley Affelbaum. Well, okay, but there was yeah, okay, and that was back in the right and late eighties, early nineties, and he had a like a. Monthly subscription where you'd get cards. They did or something just a, called the Baseball Card Society. Yeah, and so you would get a monthly, yes, yeah. a monthly subscription of baseball cards sent to you Apple Bomb, yeah. with a thirty dollars value. Yeah, 
Well, why did you why why did you gra- gra- uh, gravitate to publishing? Because I did too. I mean, that's I, one of the things we have in common. You you were buying and selling cards, but you saw an opportunity in publishing. Yes, which in those days meant uh, ink on paper, right? Not digital. But you understood that if you could compile some information and provide it, people would pay you. Yes, I, I it really I think it really stemmed from Sports Collectors Digest back in the day because I really enjoyed that so much, and I had a lot of background knowledge at that point of collecting. I said maybe I can transport that into a physical product, right? And that's what. That's how it started. Where, did you really enjoy that? I mean, I, I did. I enjoyed it. I did. I mean, and I, I, I have a hard time. I mean, you're one of the few guys I could share this with that had a vicarious experience that whether you had 100 subscribers or 200 or 1,000 or 2,000 or whatever, it still was pretty cool. It was. It was fun Because to you were doing something that was benefiting others, and even to the tune they were paying you. Right. You know, so. And I learned a lot of, I mean, I wasn't studying this, but I learned a lot of PR and marketing yeah. at that point yeah. because I'd started doing press releases and I yeah. submitted it to Sports Collectors Digest and I believe Trader Speaks was still around at that right. point. And they actually picked up on it and wrote about my new publication and I got... You got flooded? Flooded with emails. Uh, well, emails, that's probably where I heard about it. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know that I was... Well, I mean, that's that. Those were the trade publications of the day, right? And so, if you made that, you know, my first surveys were in SED and right. Trader Speaks, and and they put me on the map. They put you on the map. Yep. And and I saw the response I was getting, so I, I took some ads out after that. Yeah. And it kept coming in. <laughs> yeah. The response kept coming in, so it was great. I loved it. I enjoyed it. It was fun, and I started producing more, and <laughs> and that's how it caught the attention of Mr. Affelbaum, and he yeah. wanted to. And we had later produced Card Dealers Newsletter, which was a takeoff of yeah. Coin Dealers Newsletter. So it was like the bid and ask prices right. of daily uh, sales on product. Was this in the Mattingly Gooden era, kind of? of, of it was in around... The, in the 83, 84, 85? It was around 1988, 89, 90. So, so but things were really hopping then. A lot of... A lot of production of product. 100 card lots, 1,000 card lots of the same player, probably. Right. Yeah. No, that's that's a... You know, I, uh, you were at the hobby dinner, you know, the, the vintage hobby dinner, and Jerry yes. Adamick brought... Uh, uh, some old SCD ads of mine. And right. I just want to tell my prior self in a back to the future way, <laughs> I want to buy my stuff back for what I was right. selling it for, for really uh, cheap prices. But uh, again, the, the there wasn't a lot of information back in those days about what things were worth and right. kind of the how-to aspect of the hobby was really emerging. So you feel like you got in exactly the right time? or I mean, you're younger than me. Do you feel like you wish you were older or wish you were younger? Or are you just right? Because you experienced a lot of the great days of the of the industry. Well, yeah, I, I have seen the ups and downs, and I remember '94. I saw the turn when yeah. baseball went on strike, and that was so, miserable. Yeah, yeah, it was miserable, and that kind of hurt everybody, anyone associated well, with the 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 sport or the industry or the hobby. By '94, were you working for public back at publications at that point? No, I was still with um, Century Publishing. Okay, well, tell us about Century Publishing and how that because you you uh, uh, through no fault of yours that didn't do as well as it could have, I think. I mean, you were the glue that held it together, weren't you? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I helped them start. I created mm-hmm. from scratch three different price guides. One was on sports cards, one was on non-sport cards, and one was on comic books. And eventually at the end, the sports cards, I'm, I'm sorry, the comic books and non-sport cards merged together yeah. and became combo magazine. So, Oh, right. Um, was Wizard competing at that point or were they, they were. on the horizon? We were out right around the time when Wizard first started. We both yeah. were out at the same time. Uh, Wizard had a much flashier. Right. They had all the major uh, comic book artists doing covers and right. interviews, and right. we were able to get some of that too. Uh, we we actually had one of the first interviews with Todd McFarlane okay. uh, when that came out. So, 
Okay, so, but anyway, you eventually came to Beckett Publications, and what, was that in 96? 97. 97. June of 97, I remember. I, you know, we've known each other for a long time, so I, in my mind, I thought it was earlier than that. Yeah. But you came in, again, that's after the baseball strike, for context, mm. but, and and you had, I mean, the dilemma we had in bringing you in is that you were almost too versatile. <laughs> the good part was, is that our company was really branching out in those days. Right. And your versatility was exactly what we needed. So it was wonderful that you came. And even though you could have contributed in the sports area and many other areas, you know, we were cr- pretty quickly popping out new uh, um, magazines mm-hmm. into these other areas that you had a at least a feel for, even though you maybe hadn't collected all those things. You were a quick study. New titles, new But how exciting matter. was that for you? I mean, this is mainly sports card insights, but... The enthusiasm and the and and the uh, and the rush was similar. I loved it. I love to learn new things. I love to new learn new industries, new hobbies, new um, new collectors out there that are into different things. And just it's it's fun to hear that because it's it's refreshing. It's the the enthusiasm that I remember that took place with the sports card industry before the the, the baseball strike um, and before all the other stuff that went on. But yeah. it was refreshing to hear so much enthusiasm in Pokemon cards or. G.I. Joe or... Did it get uh, transferred over, you think? I mean, because the kids, you know, after the baseball strike, it seemed like a lot of the steam was taken out. And then the, a lot of kids were into the Pokemon, especially. Yeah, they heard they heard some not such good things about the sports cards with counterfeits and things. Yeah. I think that hurt. Okay. And it was in the news everywhere. Um, and now people were looking to new alternatives, new yeah. collectible areas. Uh, Beanie Babies, obviously. That was huge. Yeah. Um, so Hot Wheels, another big area. So people were looking at new ways to collect and finding new avenues, um, whether it was to just have fun with it or to turn it into a business. And as you can see today, there's so many different ways to, to collect something. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I've, I've, you know, I don't know that we'll get into this too deep, but I mean, three-dimensional stuff is more difficult to collect than two-dimensional stuff. When yeah. it's a flat piece of cardboard, you can stack it up. When it's, uh, again, you've done books on Hot Wheels mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and they're very helpful, but that's, you know, that takes up a lot more room and mm-hmm. there's just like cards, there's a lot of, uh, uh, variations that are tricky and things like that. Right. So well, how, how much of a labor of love was that for you? And, uh, and how much has that been a lot? Is your, is Hot Wheels your number one thing? What's your number one passion? I mean, tell me it's baseball cards, but if you're honest, what is it? Well, I always fall back on baseball cards. I love the vintage cards, anything from the fifties on back, but my favorite is the, the T206s. I always okay. like that. I remember when I was, probably around 12 years old, going with my parents to a uh, an antique show in New York City on the street. And there were rows and rows of people setting up tables and display cases. And one older elderly lady had this stack of T206s. I'm like, what is that? She had marked the prices of each one in the upper corner on the back of the card in pencil. <laughs> in pencil. But you know what? I bought them anyway. I thought right. they were the coolest thing. I remember I had gotten one of the cards was a... Um, Frank Chance, there was uh, yeah. uh, McGraw, and I think there was a Christy Mathewson. So, I mean, I remember those names reading all the books in history on baseball. Yeah. I'm like, wow, these are the original baseball players. I got so excited. I mean, from that point on, I was in love with T206. Couldn't, I couldn't pass it up. Have you always been a collector as opposed to a dealer? I mean, do you still have those cards? I mean, what sentimentality comes into it when you have such a broad level of interest? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, otherwise, you have to have like a barn to hold all the lifetime accumulation of stuff. So what is the stuff that you've held on to and... I, I mean, I, I still have most of those T206s. I, I think I've sold one or two, which I regret now. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was really, I have to thank my dad because he's the one, he was a huge Yankees fan. He grew up in the 30s. He picked he a was right a team big, to collect. He was yeah. a Lou Gehrig fan. All right. Big, big. And 
he had told me he had Lou Gehrig cards, but unfortunately, when he went into the Navy after that, his mom threw out threw them out. You hear that story over and over again. He wishes he had them. He was telling me all the different types. He was remembering the Gaudis and some of the thinner cards, and he described all kinds. And I wish I had some of those today. But I, it was my dad that really got me huge into baseball, into the New York Yankees, following them. You know, following the players. That he showed me how to write the statistics, keep track of the game, uh, in the scorecards. Um, and I mean, I have him to thank on that. And he really propelled me into the baseball card industry because when I used to go to a show or a shop, he used to tell me about, oh yeah, Warren Spahn, one of the best player, one of the best pitchers in the National League of all time, blah, blah, blah. So he used to tell me about all the background. So I collected certain players that he remembered yeah. and that helped me. Uh, we're out of town, time, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, that's a great note to end on. It reminds me of my dad because I think part of my love of Baseball, especially, maybe even collecting to some point. Maybe my dad, your dad was kind of an antique dealer kind of thing? Or, no, he, or he, was actually, he was actually a wholesale food salesman, okay. but my mom was more into okay, antiques okay. and collecting. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we, you know, again, it's always good to thank your parents uh, as much as you can while you can. So uh, great memories. And I will see my dad actually tomorrow for lunch. So oh, great. I will tell him that we had a little discussion about uh, the legacy that we get from our parents that's uh, 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 very positive, especially with respect to baseball and and cards. So thanks, Doug, for being here. I got to get you back for, uh, uh, cause we, we've got more to talk about, but uh, thanks for giving us your origin story. And uh, thanks listeners. Be back again tomorrow with another episode.